Good morning again, everyone. How are we doing today? Okay, I don't know how this happened, but Pastor Jason forgot to dismiss Anchor Youth. So if you are a teenager, uh, follow Jason and Desiree. They'll go, uh, they'll take you to, to go learn the word from them. So, um, yes. Uh, so we um, just finished up a series, Heart for the House, a two-week series, kind of explaining the emphasis for our church for this year. And the emphasis is just to hone in on our mission, right? To know God more and to make him known. And uh, it was it was good. Um, last week, uh, I was able to share the message, but I wasn't here. So that was interesting. Um, so I, I hope it went well. Um, but uh, this week, we're beginning a new series um, called The Life You've Always Wanted. And um, this series is, is about, we're going to be diving into spiritual disciplines. And I'm going to give you the rundown now. Today, I'm going to be talking about prayer. The, the title of my message is, is, This Then is How You Should Pray. Um, so today is prayer. Next week, we're going to be talking about worship as a spiritual discipline. The week after, Pastor Jason's going to bring the word, and we're going to learn about fellowship, community as a spiritual discipline. And then we'll end the series uh, with um, the word and talking about scripture and reading the Bible as uh, a spiritual discipline. So I'm giving you that rundown just so you can know, because it's really important that you're here for these. Um, so yeah, make uh, make plans to, to, to be here and to, to bring bring some people, bring bring friends, bring bring people who need to hear this. So, um, this then is how you should pray. Is the title of my message, and we're gonna we're gonna f- learn what the Bible has to teach us today about prayer. But first, I wanted to share a little uh, story, a little anecdote with you. So, uh, it's, uh, I'm just gonna read it to you. It says during the holidays, a woman invited some friends to have dinner at her home. Before the meal. The woman turned to her six-year-old daughter and asked, do you want to lead the prayer for our meal? The daughter looked at her and said, I don't know what to say. The woman enlightened her. Just say what you've heard me say before. Yeah, that's trouble. Don't, yeah. The daughter lowered her head and said, Lord, why should I invite these people to dinner? I love that. That's really funny because kids pay attention, kids listen, and uh, kids repeat. So um, most of you probably know what I'm talking about. If you don't have kids yet, you'll learn one day. Um, This is a funny little anecdote about prayer, but it's a funny little anecdote that I think a lot of people can relate to. A lot of people can relate to to, to the little girl. I don't know what to say. What am I supposed to say when I, you know, when, when it's time to pray? Like, I think, I think all of us kind of who, who claim Christ and we, we profess, like, to be followers of Jesus, we would say, yeah, we should pray. Or, yeah, I know I'm supposed to, but, but if we're honest, like, we don't always or we don't as much as we should or, you know, that kind of thing. Why? Why don't we pray? Why don't we um, talk to the Lord more. I think for some of us, like, we're in a place where we'll only pray when we're asked to pray. Because, like, again, I don't know what to say. I don't know how am I supposed to start a conversation with God, you know? And, and I only pray because I'm obligated to, you know, not because not I commune. Somebody asked me, I don't want to be embarrassed, so I'm just, I'll, you know, I'll pray and I'll, like, kind of stumble my way through it. Some, some of us are there. No shame. I've been there before. But some of us are there. 
Some of us are the ones who ask other people to pray all the time because if you ask somebody else to do it and you obligate somebody else to do it, you don't have to do it, right? So that's, that's uh, some, some of us, right? You know, hey, if I ask someone else to pray first, I won't be asked myself. So like there are some people that are intimidated by prayer and they can ensure they don't have to if they have somebody else do it. Um, some people, like I said, they don't know what to say. They don't know what to pray. How, how do I begin a conversation with the living God of the universe? Why would he want to listen to anything I have to say? Like, these are, these are things that, that people uh, ask, ask themselves. These are things that people are convinced. Like, God doesn't want anything. God, God has way more important things to think about and worry about than what I have to say. Why on earth would I pray? People believe this stuff. And it's, it's sad. It's sad. Why is it so important to pray? How do we learn to pray the, God, the way God wants us to? What does God want from us when it comes to prayer? These are, these are things I want to talk about today as we, uh, as we continue in the message. But um, before I read the scriptures, would you uh, pray with me today? Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we love you. We give you praise and honor and glory. And uh, we just invite you here today. We ask you, God, to uh, anoint the message today um, and, and use it to change us from the inside out. Let them be your words today and not my words, God, and because it's, it's your words that change. It's not my words. And so, God, I pray that um, you would have your way today in our service and teach us, something, teach us something new about prayer maybe we didn't know before. We love you, God. Give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible this morning, you can open up or turn it on to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 9. Now, uh, I think I said it a couple weeks ago, this portion of Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7 is what's known as the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes. And it's just, um, it's Jesus' first message and he's covering the gamut of topics. He's, he's discussing all sorts of things and we're honing in on his teaching on prayer today. Matthew chapter 6 Verse, starting in verse 9, it says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Immediately when praying, Jesus recognizes and he acknowledges who he's talking to. He acknowledges, I am talking to God. I am talking to my Father. God is higher than me. He's higher than, our, uh, than us. And, and like he is greater, right? So, so he has all authority, but he loves us unconditionally. And, and he longs to be close to us, just like a healthy relationship between a father and his kids, right? Some, some of us here might not know what a healthy relationship with a father looks like. God wants to show you what a healthy relationship with the Father looks like, and it's going to start with prayer. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed just means greatly revered, respected, or honored. And this is supposed to remind us, this is supposed to remind us our relation to God. Us in relation to him, like he is greater, right? He's, he's greater, and, and his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher than us. It's It's... 
It's more than it's more than how we conduct ourselves as someone who like we're in a covenant relationship with, right? So, uh, verse ten: Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is Jesus recognizing that God is trying to establish His kingdom on earth. That there are dozens and hundred, maybe hundreds of other kingdoms already established on earth. God is trying to establish His kingdom on earth, and we should agree with that. We should affirm that we. Uh, in, in prayer. And praying that God's will be done on earth, uh, just like it is in heaven, is, is Jesus reminding us that God is trying, the, the mission that God is on, God is trying to reunite heaven and earth. If you read in Genesis 1, heaven and earth were one. Heaven and, earth, heaven and earth were together in Genesis 1, and then Adam and Eve sinned, and sin ripped heaven and earth apart. And God is trying to reunite heaven and earth. If you ever read Revelation, that's how it ends. Heaven and earth are reunited, and God is back with his people. That is what Jesus is saying to pray for. Pray God's mission. Pray for that. Ask for that. Embrace God's mission that, that heaven and earth would be reunited. Agree with that in prayer. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. This is all about asking God to provide for us, to to take care of our needs as our heavenly father, as the authority who's greater than us. He wants to provide for us. Ask God to provide for you and take care of your needs. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is Jesus exhorting us to walk in forgiveness. This one's hard. Jesus exhorting us to to live as forgiven people who forgive. This one's this one's tough because there's you can probably think of somebody right now in your life, I can think of somebody in my life right now that I don't want to forgive. I don't want to live in forgiveness towards that person. I don't want to walk forgiveness out because that person doesn't deserve it. Well, Jesus is is He's exhorting us to walk in forgiveness. Just like God forgave us, we need to be a people that is the image of God on earth, and we live in forgiveness, and we offer that forgiveness to others. Verse 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In uh, June 2019, uh, Pope Francis, he's the leader of the Worldwide Catholic Church, He uh, approved a change in the wording of the Lord's Prayer. Now, before anybody gets up in arms, let me explain. Um, He stated this, that theologians at the Vatican had been studying the, the language, the original scriptures, the wording, since 2001. And in their 18 years of study, they... They came to the conclusion that the translation from the original Greek text to, to English for us to, um, you know, Italian for them, like all that, like the, the translation was incorrect. And this is a direct quote from Pope Francis. It, it's not a good translation because it speaks of a God who induces temptation, I am the one who falls. It's not him pushing me into temptation then to see how I've fallen. A father doesn't do that. A father helps you get up immediately. It's Satan who leads us into temptation. That's his department. And so these theologians concluded that the wording should more accurately be translated as, and do not let us fall into temptation, which is just a cry for protection. It's a, it's a cry for wisdom. 
So Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. This is how you should pray. He doesn't say, this is what you should pray. He doesn't say, pray these exact words. He says, this then is how you should pray. Now, really quickly, there's nothing wrong with praying the exact words if they're from your heart, right? There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus isn't suggesting that this is the only way to pray, that you have to use these exact words and nothing else counts. That's not what he's saying. This then is how you should pray. The people listening to Jesus asked him, how do we pray? How do we pray? And Jesus is saying, pray like this. Pray like this. Recognize who God is and who you are in relation to him. Ask him for everything you need. Ask him for the strength to be like him. Ask him for protection and wisdom. And how we do that, how that sounds, that's up to you. That's up to the uniqueness of who you are and your relationship with him. This was really hard for me to wrap my head around because for years I was taught these exact words are the only way you pray. I grew up Catholic, and so like I was taught those words, and only those words, are the only way I can pray. This is the only way a person prays. It was ingrained in my head that there was no other way. But as I studied the scriptures for myself, I realized that the tradition I grew in wasn't exactly like accurate. Like there, there was more to it. And I'm way more interested in truth than I'm, than I'm interested in tradition, okay? <clears throat> for many people, the idea of praying, it's, it's intimidating. It's daunting. It's, it's overwhelming. It, it can be really scary. But here's, here's what I know. If you learn to pray and actually develop a, a daily prayer life as a discipline, it's the most life-giving thing you can have for yourself. It's the, it's the most life-giving uh, discipline that you can have in your life. And today there are three things, three things I want to talk about, three things you can do to begin this discipline of daily prayer, three things that God wants from us when we pray. The first thing I want to talk about today, the first thing that God wants from us when we pray is this. Pray honestly. Pray honestly. Psalm 142, verses 1 and 2 say this, I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles. This is David. Again, he's on the run. Um, people are after him. People are trying to capture him and kill him. There's, that one, there's one point where David was on the run from his own people, and then David was also on the run from uh, the Philistines who wanted to kill him. So David was trying to be killed by everybody, basically. And this psalm is a song, it's prayer in song form. And David starts out this psalm this way. I'm crying out to the Lord and I plead for his mercy. I pour out my complaints and I tell him everything. David held nothing back from God. Honest prayer is the most freeing thing I've ever experienced, but it's difficult. Honest prayer is, is difficult because um, how honest can I actually be? Right? How honest can you and I actually be in prayer? Uh, won't my honesty upset God? Is it, is it going to offend him? God, I doubt you sometimes. God's a big boy and he can handle that. Right? God, I'm mad at you because this thing happened and I don't understand. Is he going to be offended by that? God's a big boy and he can handle it, right? God, I am apathetic in my faith and I don't know what to do about it. God's a big boy. He can handle stuff like that. God desires honesty in prayer. Um, 
I've shared this story that I'm about to, to share before, but I, I want to share it again. Um, it, it just makes my point um, perfectly that um, when I was a young Christian, I had a mentor who, who taught me uh, about prayer. And again, because I struggled with this. I struggled with how to pray, what to pray, all that, because I grew up Catholic and I just had a, a different view on what prayer was. And um, this mentor, he, he walked me around the church that we attended, and he showed me all the beautiful things in the church, the, the nice carpet and the, the beautiful, like, chandelier and, you know, all the things on the wall that, I mean, just the decorations that were awesome and uh, the hundreds of thousands of dollars of sound and video equipment and all that, and that was where everybody could see, right? And then he took me down into the basement of the church behind a locked door, and that's where all the junk was kept, and and he... I'll never, I'll just never forget this moment in my life because it changed the way I see prayer. And he, he said, Ryan, this is representative of us. The church, the, what I just did is representative of us. We put our best foot forward and we try to, to let everybody see everything that's good about us, but all the junk of our life is hidden in our heart. And that's where God wants you to pray from. That's where God wants to live is in the basement of your heart. And, and that's where all the honesty, that's where honest prayer comes from. It comes from that place where, where the junk is kept. It comes from that place where, where we don't want to let anybody else see. And this is the point that he made. He, this is the point that he made to me. He said, Ryan, God is omniscient. God knows everything. He knows everything you've ever done, said, thought. He knows everything you will do. Why not just tell him about it? Because that's how relationship is formed. When we willingly offer the information. That's how we develop relationship with God. And it's, it's a crazy idea that we can hide anything from God because he is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows everything you've ever done. I don't know if that's comforting to you. I don't know if that's freaky to you. Like it, it freaks me out to think about that. Like he knows everything I've ever done, said, thought. He knows it all. So why not just have a conversation with him about it? That's how intimacy is formed, when we offer that stuff willingly. He already knows it, but he wants to hear it from you. I, I, uh, when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell my students this, that the difference between a stalker and a friend is, is you offering the information. God doesn't want to be a stalker, right? He doesn't, he, he doesn't want to watch you from afar. He wants to hear the information about you from you. That's, that's how we get closer to him. That's how we develop that relationship. So that's the first thing that God wants from us when it comes to prayer. Pray honestly. Pray honestly. The second thing I want to talk about today is this. God wants us to pray directly. He wants us to pray directly. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, just a couple verses before our main portion of Scripture. Jesus says this, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. I've known people and I've seen people pray who believe that the bigger words you use, the more pleased God is. There are a lot of people that think that, and that's just not the case. The, the bigger the words, the, the more eloquent the words, the more God is pleased. Oh, dearest Lord of the heavenly host, 
Thank you. You are such a good, good God to us, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. We thank you, O sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord of blessings you so aptly laid on the table of our lives this day and each day, day by day, by day, by day, right? Like, like people think that like you have to have these eloquent words and, and like that's just not the case. God doesn't, God doesn't want a lot of words from you. He wants authenticity. He wants, for, he wants it from your heart. Some of the most authentic prayers I've ever prayed have been the most direct. Some of the most authentic prayers I've ever prayed have been the shortest. Uh, one time, so uh, you just, uh, we just experienced this. When I preach, every time, every time, I pray before I read the scriptures. And so um, one time when I was preaching, um, you know, I said, everybody, let's pray. And everybody bowed their heads and closed their eyes, which, side note, bowing your head and closing your eyes, it's not magical. It doesn't do anything. Like, so like I used to make my students in my youth group lift their head and keep their eyes wide open while we prayed. And it was wildly uncomfortable for them, but like it helped stretch them a little bit. So anyways, that was a little side note. Anyways, I said, let's pray. Everybody bowed their head and closed their eyes. And this was my prayer. God help in Jesus name. Amen. Six words. That was my prayer for my message. And I said, amen. And I looked up, everybody's head was still down. And I just waited a little bit. Everybody's head still down. Everybody's expecting me to go on with this long, elaborate prayer. And I had to, like, awkwardly say, hey, guys, I'm done praying. <laughs> you know, and everybody kind of, like, you know, like, head came up slowly, that kind of thing. But everybody was expecting this long, elaborate prayer. But, like, I just, I just needed to get out what I needed to say. And it was really short and it was really direct. God, I need your help. In Jesus' name, help me. Prayer can be that direct. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be eloquent words. It can be really direct. Short, sweet, and to the point. See, and, and we can see, I think this is, this is uh, King David lives this out perfectly, I think, in the Psalms sometimes. Psalm 13, it's one of my favorite Psalms, but it's one of the shortest chapters in all of Scripture. And I want to read the whole chapter to you right now, six verses. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I'll die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. And in my opinion, that's as direct as it can get. God, where are you at? Have you forgotten about me? I'm on the run and people are trying to kill me. Why, why aren't you doing anything? I mean, he sounds way better because he's a poet, right? But like, that's, that's the heart of his prayer, and that's it. He doesn't go on and try to like, try, try to be like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, super grace, graceful with his words or anything. Like, I mean, just gets to the heart, gets the meat of it. God, I need you. Where are you at? And that's what he desires. He desires direct, to the point. He doesn't need us to be eloquent, elaborate. Uh, 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 yeah, elaborate. Um, he, he wants the authenticity of our heart. It breaks, it breaks my heart that people think that they, to have a conversation with God, they have to have the exact right words. 
I think about that, and then I think about my four-year-old son who's still learning how to talk, right? Like, what if I, as a father, didn't have a conversation with my son or didn't listen to him until he could speak eloquently? How bad of a dad would I be? God is not looking for your, your, your awesome wording and, and like, he's not looking for his ears to be tickled. He just wants your heart. He wants authenticity. He wants you. And if you is a couple of words, that's what he's after. I know a lot of people who have elaborate prayers that have awful hearts, if I can be real for a second. A lot of people who can pray really well, according to people, and they can, they can say all the right things. And I mean, they can move people to tears with their prayer, but their heart is awful. Adversely, I know people who don't say much at all, who don't know what to say sometimes, but they have hearts of gold. And God doesn't care about our words. He doesn't care about how it sounds. He just wants your heart. He wants you to pray directly. So the first thing God wants from us is, is he wants us to pray honestly. The second thing God wants from us is to pray directly. The third thing he wants from us when it comes to prayer is this. He wants us to pray with humility. Pray with humility. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says this. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins, and I will restore their land. If my people will humble themselves and pray. It doesn't say if my people will just pray. If my people will humble themselves and pray. Again, that's, that's going back to the, the uh, portion in Matthew where Jesus is teaching how to pray. Our Father in heaven, our relation to him is he is greater than us. If we will humble ourselves and pray, then he will hear from heaven. Why should we pray with humility? Because scripture is explicit that humility is what God desires. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 34 says, The Lord mocks the mocker, but he's gracious to the humble. Psalm 25 says, he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. Psalm 149, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people and he adorns the humble with salvation. Matthew 18, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And James 4, and he, who, uh, and he gives grace, uh, grace generously. And this, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God desires humility. If my people will humble themselves and pray, then he'll hear from heaven. Then he'll heal, heal our land. Then we have to come to him in humility. Humility is the language that God speaks. Humility is the language that God speaks. You want him to hear you? Humble yourself. You want to hear from him? Humble yourself. There's not, really much, there's not really much God can do with our pride. God can't really do much with our pride because our pride says, God, I don't need you. Our pride says, God, it, it, like you're cool and everything, but I've got this. God can't really do much with our pride. We have to come to him in humility. The ultimate way of communicating that we need God is humbling ourselves before him. I think one of the greatest examples of, of praying with humility is Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you don't 
If you don't know what that is, that's the night that Jesus was about to be betrayed and, and beaten and then, and then killed the next day. He went to a garden and he fell on his face in prayer and, and he cried out to God. And this is how that went. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. He went on a little farther and bowed his face to the ground saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus is saying, Dad, Dad, I don't want this. Save me. I, I know what's about to happen to me, and I don't want it. But what I want doesn't, it doesn't matter. What I want doesn't matter, God. Your will be done. It's that humility that God is after. When we, when we don't approach God in humility, when we come to him with, with pride in our hearts, we're removing God from the throne of our heart and we're saying that we belong there instead. Praying with humility communicates that we need God. And when we, we don't come with humility, we're, we're no longer submitted to God and we're, we're trying to get God to submit to us and that's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous place to be. Praying with humility is crucial to a healthy prayer life. Worship team, you can come to, uh, back up to the platform. Praying honestly, praying directly, praying with humility. This is what God desires from us uh, in, when it comes to prayer. And this is, these are three things that we can practice to begin uh, a vibrant prayer life, to, to have a vibrant prayer life. I have a, a video that I want you to watch really quick. It's just a couple minutes long. Um, it's, it's a spoken word uh, about prayer, and I think it, it just sums up my point perfectly. Um, if you don't know what a spoken word is, it's, just, it's basically just uh, poetry in verbal form about God, about faith. And so um, I have this video just a couple minutes long, um, and then we will... We'll wrap up after that, but turn your attention to the video screen, please. You see, it's hard to talk about prayer because people immediately assume that they know. They've already made up their mind, already given it a go. We take it at surface value, accepting the superficial definition, a definition defined by society, our jobs, or even religion. We shut down the possibilities because we limit prayer to our experience. But our experience is not the truth because it was limited by our expectance. And we think that prayers are not relevant, but my friend, prayer is the only element necessary for our survival, for our development. Now the Bible doesn't describe prayer as an optional accessory. When you pray, or this is how you pray, it's an absolute necessity. I'm a Christian, but I don't pray. That sounds like quite a contradiction. I'm a guitarist, but I don't play. Now there's a concept we wouldn't listen. To help you understand, let me clear up by what prayer isn't. Prayer is not wishful thinking. It's not a pastime for the dying. It's not a hobby for good people. It's not performance and it's not trying. It's not limited to a church. It's not wasted time. It's not speaking to yourself, trying to convince your mind. We're not listing off of a shopping list in hopes that he might come through. He's not a genie in a lamp. He wants relationship with you. See, we're not praying to a painting of a figure on a cross. 
but the one who crossed the gap so that we wouldn't be lost. He's still alive today and he's waiting for us. It's more tragic than Romeo when we don't show him love. To not pray is to say, God, I can make it on my own. It's to reject the tour guide and climb the mountain alone. It's scrambling in deep waters, barely managing to float, while he stands on the shore offering a lifeboat. Sure, we pray when we need things or when a tragedy occurs. We throw up all our complaints and all of our blaming words. Is prayer your steering wheel or is it just a spare tire? Do you pray in good times or just when things are dire? See, prayer is to a Christian what an engine room is to a ship. It's the powerhouse, the motor, and without it we would sink. And Martin Luther said, to pray is like taking a breath. If we're not praying, then it's a sign that we're spiritually dead. Prayer requires faith. That's believing what you cannot see. It's living in his promise and not in our own reality. It's seeing your freedom while you're still in these chains. It's believing in healing while still feeling pain. Now be aware of this spiritual battle. Don't just see with the eyes of men. And if a prayer remains unanswered, pray and pray again. Prayer is essential to the growth of a Christ follower. It's essential. It's how we commune with our God. It's how we get to know him better. I, like I said um, a couple weeks ago, um, our emphasis for this year is to know God and to make him known. One of the best ways to know God is to learn how to pray, is to, is to travail in prayer. It's to, to learn how to press through the feelings, press through the, the, the doubts, and, and, and learn how to be honest with God, learn how to be direct with him, learn how to pray with humility. That's one of the best things to, to help us to know our God better. What if prayer wasn't something we just suffered through when it was time to eat or when, when somebody, you know, some, some bad situation came up, you know, that, and we didn't know what else to do? What if it wasn't something that we just, like, turned to when, when there was no other resort? What if prayer could be something we looked forward to because we understand we're not just checking off a to-do list, we're not doing a chore, but we're interacting with the living God, the creator of the universe. What if? What if we saw prayer as, as our way to wage war on evil in this world and not Facebook? What if Facebook wasn't the way to wage war on evil but is getting on our knees and praying to God, the one who can actually do something about it. What if? Could you imagine how much simpler and how much peaceful our lives would be if, if we made the decision to cover everything we did in prayer? Everything. If we developed a culture of authentic prayer in our homes, in our church, in everything we did, what if, what if prayer was the first thing we did. I think it would change everything. It would change everything. And, and my desire is that we begin to grow in the spiritual discipline of prayer because like he said, he quoted somebody, but like he said, when we don't pray, it's a sign that we're spiritually dead. And I don't want that for us. 
I don't want that for us. Pray honestly, pray directly, pray with humility. You can start today. You can start now. Let me pray for you this morning. God, we thank you. We give you praise. And we just, God, we come to you and we just declare our need for you, God. We need you and we need you to help us grow. We can't grow without you, God. And I just, I'm grateful that you've made a way for us to get to you. And part of that is through prayer. Part of that is through having a conversation with you, God. You want our hearts. You want our authenticity. You don't, you don't need us to be elaborate. You don't need some grand wording. You want what's real, and you want what's raw, and you want what's honest. God, I pray for anybody in here who may be struggling in their prayer life that you would just embrace them, God. Communicate to them. Let them know that you love them, that you're not upset with them, but that you want more, that you want deeper relationship. God, and maybe for, for those who who are in here who are comfortable with where they're at as far as this, this whole prayer thing goes, God, I pray that you would take us deeper. There's always more. There's always more that we can know. There's always a, a deeper place that we can go in our relationship with you. And I just pray, God, that you would bring us there. We love you, God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you don't know God. Uh, maybe that, that means different things for different people. Maybe um, you walked away from God for whatever reason. Maybe you've never accepted God before. Maybe you come here every week, but your heart is still far from him. Today can be the day where you say yes to him, put your faith in him, and become a child of God. Because here's what, here's what I know. As far as this prayer thing goes, prayer doesn't matter if your heart isn't his. What I mean by that, that sounds jarring, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I mean in just a second. Psalm, Psalms chapter 66, verse 17 and 18 say this, for I cried out for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Prayer doesn't matter if our hearts aren't his. If you're here today and you don't know God, this, this whole prayer thing that I talked about, it doesn't really apply to you, unfortunately. But that doesn't have to be the case. It doesn't have to stay the case. God is waiting. He is eager for you to become one of his children. So if you're here today, you don't know God, I wanna give you an opportunity to become a part of his kingdom, become a child of God. I just wanna pray with you. If that's you, you say, Pastor Ryan, I want to receive Jesus today as my Savior. I want to put my trust in Him, and I want to start living for Him. At the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand so that I can know who I'm praying with. There's nothing magical about raising your hand. There's nothing um, supernatural about it. I, you're, I'm, you're just helping me identify who I'm praying with. So um, everybody, bow your heads and close your eyes so we can have a private moment right now. So we can have a personal moment so that nobody feels singled out, nobody feels picked on or anything like that. If that's you, you say, Pastor Ryan, I don't know God, but I want to. 
at the count of three, I'm going to ask you to, to, to raise your hand so that I can pray with you. One, God loves you so, so very much. Two, he wants relationship with you and he wants to know you more. Three, if that's you right now, raise your hand, raise it high so that I can pray with you this morning. Here's what I want to do right now. I want to, I want to lead us in a prayer. Uh, whether you raised your hand or, or whether you didn't, but you, you think, man, maybe I should have. If that's you, I, I want to lead us in a prayer right now. But I'm going to ask everyone in the house to repeat this prayer after me so that nobody, again, feels like singled out or, or picked on or anything like that. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, come on church, say it, say it like you mean it, say Heavenly Father, today I repent of my sin, I know I've fallen short, I know I'm not who you made me to be, but I want to change that, I receive your forgiveness, I receive your love, and I turn from my old life. Teach me how to be your child. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those who maybe prayed that prayer today? That's awesome. That's awesome. If you're here and you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you rededicated your life, let me know. I would love to, to just shake your hand or squeeze your neck just welcome you to the kingdom of God I believe it's the best decision you'll ever make if you're online and you prayed that prayer welcome uh, let us know send us a comment send us an email call us some, some let us know somehow that, that you made that decision so um, what I want to do right now is I just want to take a few moments to, to respond um, and normally, the worship team will lead us in a song and, and we'll sing a song together, that kind of thing. Um, but I want to put into practice right now what we just talked about. So what they're going to do is they're just going to play. They're not going to sing anything. And I just want, I want to take a couple minutes, two to three minutes for us to just respond in prayer. That might stretch some of us. You don't have to pray out loud necessarily. Like, I'm not going to pull anybody up to, like, pray over the microphone, nothing like that. I, but I want us to respond in prayer. And I want to encourage you, remember, pray honestly, pray directly, pray with humility. Maybe your prayer is just, God, I don't know what to say, but I love you. And I want to know you more. Maybe that's your prayer. And maybe you just say that over and over. That's a great place to start. It's a great place to start. So we're going to take two to three minutes and we're just going to respond to today's message in prayer. So you can stand up if you want. You can stay seated if you want. Me, I like to pace when I pray. So I'll, you'll probably see me do that. But the worship team is just going to play for a couple minutes and we're just going to respond in prayer. So let's, let's do that now.
was taught that um, God is interested in me personally. The things I care about, he cares about. The things you care about, he cares about. And um, I pray about a lot of things, but when I'm having when I'm having trouble coming up with things to to pray about, I just start talking about things that I love. And I'm I'm letting you behind the curtain a little bit, okay? So don't judge me, but. Um, one of the things that I talk to God about quite frequently, if I'm honest, um, I talk to him a lot about Nebraska Cornhusker football. That might sound really silly to some people. I'm like, why would God care about that? Because he cares about me. Because he loves me. And he loves what I care about. It doesn't have to be eloquent or elaborate. He just wants to know you more. He wants to know why I love Nebraska football. <laughs> Kevin, he wants to know why you love the, the Broncos so much. I want to know why you love the Broncos so much. He just wants to know us more. Before we go, we have uh, a few next steps that I want to share with us. And these next steps are just tangible things that we can do throughout the week to take the message and apply it to our life. So um, the first next step that I want to I want to talk about just really quick, briefly is um, this week I will spend at least 10 minutes each day praying and talking to God. That might sound like a lot, but again, it doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be elaborate. One of the things that I pray about every single day, one of the things I pray about every single day is, God, I wanna be a better husband. I wanna be a better father. I wanna be a better pastor. And I feel like God says the same thing to me every day. Be a better child of God, and then you'll be better at all those things. It doesn't, like, it doesn't have to be like this super elaborate thing. I can't say it enough. This week I'll spend at least 10 minutes each day praying and talking to God. We have to start somewhere. 10 minutes is a good, it's a, it's a stretch for a lot of us, but it'll be, it'll be so good. The second next step is this week I'll memorize 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And finally, this week, I will invite a friend to join me at church. We're going to continue in this um, The Life You've Always Wanted series talking about uh, spiritual disciplines. And like I said, next week, we're going to dive into worship as a spiritual discipline and, and kind of what that means and what it, like, what it means for us. So, um, yeah, he wants, he wants your heart. He's after... He's after your authenticity in prayer. Pray directly, or pray honestly, pray directly, pray with humility. So stand with me if you would, please. I'm gonna say one final prayer and then we can be dismissed. God, we love you. We give you praise. Thank you. Thank you that we have the ability. We have the ability to, to commune with you. We have the ability to have conversation with you and to hear from you. I pray, God, that you would 
help us in this area of prayer, that you would help us learn it as a spiritual discipline. You would help us grow in our, our prayer life, that we might know you more, God. We love you. We give you praise. And finally, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout generations, forever and ever. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for being here, everybody. It was good to see you, good to be back. We will see you guys next week. Have a great week.